0: how's it going everyone my name is chris hagan and this is the podcast above the standard and so today we talk with aj fusco uh, from fork and Host company uh, he's a career fireman and a culinary trained chef uh, went to school in manhattan and we talk about the firehouse the culture the, the kitchen um but also covid and uh kind of aj's um kind of double-end mission to make firehouses better um, ultimately in the kitchen and, and beyond, but also supporting the local businesses uh, during uh, this time. Uh, so please, I, I had so much fun talking with AJ. He's a hell of a guy. Uh, so please, with uh, without further ado, uh, AJ Fusco. All right, and we're recording uh aj i appreciate you uh kind of talking with uh with us today man uh, how's everything going out there on the east coast
1: uh thank you for having me on first of all um i appreciate it uh everything's going i mean you know we're, we're trucking along like everybody else is and you know trying to stay safe and, and you know stay sane at the same time
0: you know you know obviously you know my 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 intro uh into really your existence was uh, uh, your uh, Instagram handle Fork and Hose Company, and um, one of the things that made me want to jump on and, and really talk to you beyond all the other stuff that I'm like truly fascinated with uh, with your with your background is kind of this call to action um, uh, challenge, I guess you could put it that you you had, I believe, for this for January, which yeah. which goes against pretty much everything Firehouse, I guess culture uh stands for and but i mean with good reason too so um you have a long uh, long kind of storied uh, culinary background you're in the fire service uh, everyone knows the the fire service uh, uh or the fire station uh kitchen table is kind of like the nucleus of any firehouse and um you kind of put a, a a call out there to support businesses during the shutdown and i think um those that reside in um, I would say California, New York State, and Michigan are pretty much, uh, I would say, probably the three most affected states, um, both uh, COVID, COVID wise, but also um, in the restaurant industry really taking a hit. Um, so. Uh, before we get into any like all that, because I really want to dive into that and really get your take on it with your connection really to the culinary world, um, AJ, kind of talk a little bit about yourself and what uh, what brought you into the fire service um, uh, that, and, and where you serve right now.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm in uh, the Harrison Fire Department, which is a it's a small combination department in Westchester, Southern Westchester County. Um, it sounds like we might be like, quote unquote, upstate, but in reality, I can get to, you know, the Bronx in 20 minutes and I'm in Manhattan in about a half an hour. So we're really not that far, um, from the city. And, uh, like I said, it's a combination department. And so how I got my start in the fire service is not maybe the fairy tale that most like to say, um, happens. My father was actually a cop and he never pushed me to be a cop. Uh, You know, he never really pushed me to do anything in particular other than just try to be, you know, the best at whatever it is I'm doing. And, you know, in school, I wasn't the best student, um, but I was good enough to go to college. Um, And while I was in college, uh, a buddy of mine said that he was joining the the volunteer department in, in town. And I've had a connection there. You know, my great grandfather served there. My uncle and uh, both uncles were currently serving at the time Uh, cousins, you know, so it wasn't like I was completely disconnected from the fire service. I just wasn't, you know, into it um, at that time. So when he said he was going to join, it was um, let's see, it was right after nine 11. So it was kind of a no brainer. Um, And, I joined, and uh, I want to say it was about two years after that, um, I got hired. I took the civil service test. I took it in uh, you know, some other cities around, and um, Harrison just happened to call first. And I took the job, and it's been 15 years, um, which is kind of crazy now that I think back. Uh, I got hired pretty young. I was 22. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into this, the, the fire service.
0: So – obviously the, the the next question given your your instagram handle which is probably one of the most creative ones i've seen man with the, with the you <laughs> know with you. The, the, the spaghetti hook and the format awesome right um so then balance that out with um with with the culinary world so um i I just doing some doing some like due diligence some research some other podcasts i know you've had some some culinary school experience i I think that kind of came maybe later in your fire service career but um what sort of uh you know have you always had this uh, affinity for food or where did this kind of um uh, I guess interests come from come from family, or because I know you say you have you have like you know, kind of a wild Italian, not wild, but a, a very strong Italian. <laughs> I was just say a strong Italian background. I said I mean, like, it gets wild sometimes. Don't, uh, don't <laughs> <be wrong. laughs>
1: um, yeah, that's one way to put it. Uh, you know, growing up, I mean, food is is and was always like kind of like the 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 thing that brought the family together whether good or bad, you know, I'm talking, you know, funerals to, to weddings and everything in between. And even, you know, the smallest little gathering, you know, it's, it's, it was always food, you know, going to my grandmother's, both of them going to their house, you, you literally could not leave unless you ate, whether that is a piece of cake or a bowl of spaghetti, you know, it didn't matter, but they made sure you ate. And, um, you know, so I always grew up around it you know, the home cooking. And and um, I was never like interested in it per se. Uh, growing up, it was more or less like I like to eat it. And, uh, you know, that was it. When I was in college, I was commuting, you know, I was living at home. And when I would come home, you know, in between classes or whatever, and I'd be on lunch, I would, you know, I'd whip a couple things up here and there. And so that's kind of where I like started, you know, messing around with, with cooking. But it, it really started when I got hired with the fire department and, you know, um, nobody on that crew that I, that I got into was really cooking too much. So it kind of gave me like this open opportunity to like jump in. So I jumped in, you know, like, you know, trial by fire, you know, no pun intended. And when I saw the reaction of, you know, the guys liking the food and, you know, you know, I don't know. It just made me feel good. You know what I mean? It was kind of like what you know, my grand, you know, my grandmothers and my 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 family did, you know, making us feel good. It was kind of like that same thing, that same effect, and that that's really what drew me into to to cooking more. Now, the, what, what
0: staffing did you have um, at this time? So when you were at, the, you know, you you were new, kind of kind of t- testing the waters with it. Um, what was you, what was kind of the, the the firehouse staffing like? The culture, but also like, how many people did you have there?
1: It's, it's, it's a small house. It's three, three career. Um, and then there's volunteers. Um, so three, or actually no, at the time it was, we got we four, unfortunately we're down to three, but uh, you know, it's a small house, but uh, occasionally, you know, you're cooking for, you know, a couple of the volunteers might show up and you know, you might have a guest or two. So there, it was, you almost sure. have to always, you know, the firehouse rules, you have to have leftovers, right? Like that's number one. Cause if you don't, that means you didn't cook enough. So you always kind of have to plan for like one or two unexpected guests. Um, but you know, the culture, I think in, in my firehouse in, in particular, you know, was kind of lacking it from the cooking point of view. Like I said, that kind of opened the door for me and it was basically free reign. I mean, whatever I wanted to cook, the guys were happy to eat. So Um, I was lucky enough where there there weren't too many picky eaters on the crew and um, I could do whatever I want. (laughs) Use them as a guinea pig before I brought it home uh, and cooked it at home. So they were happy. I was happy. um, and, And that's kind of where Fork and Hose Company developed from, you know, me wanting to share those recipes. And it really was only intended to be a personal, you know, website that, I didn't know what I was doing, but I've managed to come up with one. I'm like probably one of the most least tech-savvy people you could ever meet. But I came up with this website. Intentions were to share my own recipes to local people, family, friends kind of thing, keep it low-key. Once I connected with a couple guys that I knew that were on the job around here that cooked as well, then it kind of grew a little bit. You know, oh, give me your recipe. I'll share it and that kind of thing. The turning point comes when Instagram comes out. Because Instagram made it super accessible t- to search a hashtag. I know, would say pop- power of
0: a hashtag, man. It's unstoppable. It,
1: it's crazy, yeah. And that's that's really how it started. I literally, I said, well, if I'm going to do it on Facebook, might as well do it on Instagram. And the hashtag Firehouse Cooking, like you know, had at that time probably a thousand at least, you know, posts. And you know, I'm starting to follow this person, that person, and then next thing you know, it's kind of to where I'm at now with the and host company
0: that's awesome man that's that, that's incredible um and th- like that's probably one of my favorite things about our job if you go to any other profession like I- anyone's lunch break it- it's very much this don't don't talk to me i'm in my car right. or don't talk to me i'm I- i'm doing this it's me time <laughs> it- it's me time right in the firehouse it it, it is it is so the opposite feeling and I'll give you a, just a kind of like a an example of that I am so grateful and and, and so humble to the the guys at Key West Fire Department. I, I recently uh, went dude, there. I love Key West, dude, man.
1: I, oh, I've been I've been there like 7 times. I've been there, well. I've <laughs> been there
0: 3 and the third time I've never gotten I've never stopped by, never gotten a shirt, just wasn't in the cards. Right. And this one time, my wife is like, "Would you just stop being a pussy and just go and get just get a shirt right and it's eight o'clock right. at night and it's eight o'clock right and so I'm sitting there like, man i don't wanna I don't wanna go in there and you know they're probably just hanging out like i wouldn't if I'm on the job and I'm just watching a movie or something like i don't yeah, you i don't want I don't wanna be that guy right right so I drive by and it's like the parking lot's full, and so now I'm I'm flushed. Like I, everyone's here, no one's on a run. Right. It's, a, it's it's a they had a truck. I believe that they, they had a truck and, a, and, and an engine, and so um, the bay doors were open. I'm like, just give me like some new guy that can just get in and you know think of it for first time and then get out. Right. <laughs> it's you know, Twenty bucks. Give me this shirt and right, it the shirt. Right. 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 Just like, like lower my head. Like I, I appreciate it right. so much, and and no one's in the bay. And I'm like fuck. All right. So I walk around and I knock on the front door. And I look in the window, and like there's gotta be, at the moment, look like fifty five people in this in this room. It was probably like 10, right, right, and about yeah, yeah. And right, about three of them working, and, right. <laughs> so I, I I walk in, and then they're on the couch, and like the record stops, and like they they pause whatever they're watching on Netflix or whatever. And I walk in, and I'm like, hey man, I'm so sorry. I go, I'm on the job in Michigan, um, but it's my third time here. I'm, I'm I just want to get a shirt, and they're like, that's it, that's all. <laughs> That's all you want, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. He goes, dude, we're just eating food. This guy, and he points to some bigger guy on there. go, this fucking fat guy over here. He's not eating the Brussels sprouts. Do you want some? And then they offer up this whole kitchen. Right, they just got done eating. And they offered me this uh, offered me this food that uh, the, the, obviously they made more right and they were just ball right. b- so they're ball busting they're eating food I'm in my element now I don't feel like that you know that guy quote unquote yep. um so anyway they direct me to the shirts I pay my money I, I support the local I get my shirt um, but that is 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 such um a calming experience but it's also one that I guarantee I know for a fact is replicated on thousands of firehouses across the country especially those that are m- maybe more in high traffic areas if you're if you're on the job and you're humble with your time like if you like it is not uncommon for for, for that to happen it happens every single day day. and that's insane like that one it's insane that on vacation we also go to our workplace to try to like like but you know we we in the job we understand the culture and and supporting them and you know it's kind of like it's kind of like this you know not fraternity but like this you know the secret club like you know i i went here i didn't just get a magnet from a from a dollar store like i went i showed my respect i talked to the guys right um and it was just a really yeah. a really incredible experience. And that just speaks volumes to what the uh the what the firehouse and especially what happens in the kitchen can really do.
1: Right. It kinda like, you know, it, it all gets drawn back to that one place, you know, the kitchen. And like I would say probably nine out of ten shifts start walking into the kitchen and nine out of ten end walking out of it. You know, like it's just that, that place, like you said, the nucleus of the firehouse. Um, and, and I realized that early on. So I start, you know, fork and hose company and, and it kind of blows up to the fact that, and it's a testament to, to like what you just said, you know, guys want to share, you know, uh, the, the firehouse kitchen virtually, basically that's what they're doing with me. You know, I'm lucky enough where, I get invited to, you know, firehouse kitchens every day on a online basis, uh, but it's it's kind of the same concept, you know, like, they don't have to do it, but they want to, they want to, you know, they take pride, A, and, and A, they take pride in what they're doing, and B, you know, they want to share it, and, and that's that's the cool thing about it, for sure.
0: And I think one, one of the tough parts of that, you know, so so we're, we're on a combination apartment where I'm about 30 minutes north of Detroit, um, bedroom community. Um, and we're 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 growing so kind of staffing is increasing burn volumes increasing so it's it's some good times right now, but like we are we're also transitioning in terms of um, our culture and it's very much this previous of either bring your lunch a very big and, and this kind of stemmed from administration down, but a very big sure. um, go 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 out to eat um, get carry out um, very. And nothing was looked down upon if you were cooking, but it was just kind of like, I think guys were just kind of not uh, not looking at the, the 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 process of it, but like, man, if you make this or you make that, and then you catch a run, like you just ruin like your, your whole your whole right. meal. You know, I, I I heard you on another podcast talking about how like one of the worst meals to cook is shrimp because like the second it gets cool, it's like it's 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 screwed, it's done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you're, you're rolling the dice <laughs> right. like with any seafood. It's like <laughs> right.
1: You're gambling and. It could come out to be one of the best meals you ever put out on the table, or it could be one of the worst. And you know, if the guys understand that, like if you're like putting it on the table and shit, run comes in, it's like, dude, order some pizza, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know,
0: backup meal. As
1: as long as they're cool with it, then hey, by all means, roll the dice. But for me, the the risk versus reward isn't isn't worth it unless it's like you know maybe a special meal and you know. Yeah. Uh, whether it's promotional or something like that, where it's like, all right, you know what? Hey, you know, for sure, it's worth the risk, but
0: um, I nah,
1: will try to stay away from those.
0: So, fork and hose company takes off. Um, so when does uh, when does kind of the dabbling in the um, I guess, pr- I'll say professional, you know, pr- culinary, pr- professional world. culinary world, you know, when when you start kind of you know, you, you, put, you put your hat in, into, into the ring that you're no longer just this um, this firehouse cook, you're actually, you know, someone with some pretty good education behind them in, 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 the culinary world.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of like the timeline. It was probably around 2014. So like nine years after I got hired. So, you know, there was a span of, you know, I didn't start fork and hose company right away. I should put that up there too. Like I didn't start that the first year I was on the job. It took a little while, but, uh, like 2014 i want to say it was like every other or most firemen you know like you get a side job and so at the time i was bartending and up the street and and coincidentally enough the bar is on the same street as the firehouse and there's a luncheonette also on the same street as the firehouse they needed help so i end up picking up like uh one weekend you know uh, i'm sorry one 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 day a week, basically, it was a Saturday. I think I was doing Sundays or, or Saturdays. I can't remember. Uh, short order cook shift at this luncheonette. I knew the owners. I know I've known them for a long time. I was like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. So I like, don't prompt. Don't worry about it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like omelets, bacon, egg, and cheese, pancakes, French toast, like that kind of stuff. So I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll figure it out. So so I, I do that and, and I'm liking it. I'm like, God, oh, you know, this is cool. It's fast paced. It's, you know, um, Catching my interest in like the professional thing, and at the same time, um, to be honest, I just wasn't—I don't know how to word it right—but wasn't like fulfilled with the firehouse, right? You know, like oh sure, I, I, there was just like this period of like, you know, I don't know, man. Like this is great, I love the job; it's the best in the world, right? Everybody says that, but I was questioning, you know, like is this something that I was intended to be doing, right? I don't
0: know. Maybe that's not the right word, but no, I think I, or 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 be, or being challenged. I mean, you like kind of growing. Right, you, maybe that was yeah, yeah, growing you know, into something bigger than yourself and kind of expanding. Right. You know, not to say that the, you know every, everyone knows the fire service is limitless, but you also for you well, know, at least for myself, you know, you have a g- still a good amount of time outside the firehouse that has your your you know your interests and other things to take right. off. So no, I to- I totally get that running into something that is. You know, maybe not directly related to the job, but still going to give you, like, you know...
1: That satisfaction, That satisfaction. I guess, you know? Yeah. So, at that time, my, my wife says to me, because we're having that conversation, and, you know, she's like, well, if you weren't a farmer, what would you want to be? I'm like, I think I want to I cook. She's like, well, fucking do it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm like, you know... Wives, I'm man. Bar- bartending, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm cooking like a short order cook on the weekend. Like, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, she's like, go to culinary school. I'm like, when am I going to do that? Like, that's impossible. At the time we were working 24s. I'm like, this is not, it's not possible. But she convinced me, she's like, let's take a ride down to the city. Uh, So we go to, at the time it was international culinary center in Manhattan. And they just happened to have, it was a, 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 um, a weeknight program that, after talking to the guys at work, working out mutuals, I was able to make it work. So that was 2016. I started, um, culinary school and, you know, I mean, it was, it was definitely intense, you know, for, for the year and a half or whatever it took to, to finish. Um, but it was worth it. you know. A lot of people, if you talk to chefs, you know, you get, you kind of get both ends, you know, some are like, you know, screw culinary school. It's not worth it. You're not going to get the real education. But then you get the other side, which is, well, you're going to learn things that you know. You're going to learn things that are more refined. You know, you're going to learn technique um, and all those things. And and my position was, well, I'm behind the gun here. Like I, I already have a full time job, so I can't jump into a kitchen full time. So. For me to get the experience of somebody that's in a kitchen six days a week, it would take me years and years and years. So, and it's, if I wanted to land a good job, it would be a lot harder. So the school was no brainer. They actually gave first responder scholarships, so I was able to capitalize on that, um, and 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 it was worth it one hundred percent.
0: What was the what was the classroom dynamic? I have to imagine that you were pretty much the most unique one in terms of their professional background. In the program
1: um yeah i mean they kind of split you they didn't split you up physically but you know you were either considered a career changer or a career adder okay. and i was the, the i think the only career adder meaning like everybody else either had a job in another field and they were just like you know screw that i want to cook or they were already cooking and they just weren't maybe getting somewhere so they've said we need you know, I need to get some professional, you know, help or whatever. Um, I was, I think the only one that was like, well, I'm going to do a job and then I'm going to add something else onto (laughs) it. Um, Which is, is, you know, it's, it's, at least for around here, most guys have side jobs. So,
0: Oh, um, it's, it's the same over here. Yeah. You,
1: You know, I would say the dynamic, I was definitely, I think I was like the second or third old. It wasn't a huge class, but, you know, I was probably the second or third oldest. Um, most of them were, you know, young. They were either right out of high school or, you know, right out of college. Um, so I was definitely more mature than than <laughs> than most of them. You know, I had responsibilities. Uh, I didn't have a kid at the time, thank God. That would have been a nightmare. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was fun, though. I had a blast. I mean, if I could go back, I'd do it again over in a heartbeat. What the... Uh... What did that? What did that? Either I guess both.
0: How did it challenge you the most? But also, did what did that class either change or or dispel any myth or what? What was the like? Also, kind of along those lines, kind of biggest eye openers. Kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: I mean, I think I think the biggest um, eye opener as a as a whole was you know that cooking in a restaurant is going to be easy because, you know, part of it, part of school is, you know, you have to do an externship um, where you're basically you're cooking at a restaurant and you, except you're getting paid, you know, you you can't do it and not get paid now. So um, it, and, and the classroom settings, not a, you know, obviously a restaurant, but, you know, they, they pressure you enough where you kind of feel like you could be in one, you know, there's, a lot of heat. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of instructions, there's timelines, there's, you know, kind of everything you have in a regular restaurant, but it's just kind of in a classroom setting. Um, it, you know, it's, it, it's unfortunately the culinary world is glorified way too much on TV. Um, they kind of make it seem like, you know, if you like cooking and you got a chef knife and a saute pan, you could pretty much (laughs) do anything. Um, but it's really not that, um, you know, restaurants are under tremendous pressure to, to make money. You know, the margins are so slim that, you know, they need the best of the best in their kitchens. And, you know, if you can't rise to that expectation, it's very easy to get swallowed up and spit out. And, you know, of my class, I bet you uh, maybe two or three of us maybe are still in the restaurant industry in some capacity. I think everybody else is kind of, gone and done some other things. Um, so the stress and the, the pressure that the kitchen, you know, pref- professional kitchen can put on you, I think is kind of what the the biggest eye opener I got out of that, that experience. So
0: transition. So that gets wrapped up and you go back to the firehouse. How, um, I guess you remember, what? what's the, you remember the, the, the first the first meal you made post culinary school back at the firehouse?
1: Um, you know, I don't, but the, the, well, so the thing is I was actually still working while I was going to culinary school.
0: Um, Oh, so you're probably just experimenting with all your guy, like oh, all, all the crew
1: literally, you know, we didn't get homework, you know, like there was no, um, go home and make uh you know, this beef dish and then bring it back into school. Like we <laughs> didn't do that, but we had, you know, kind of like a curriculum. So what I would do is I would say, all right, look, I got to make um, this veal stew next week. I'm going to make this shit in the firehouse, and <laughs> I'm going to fuck it up there, and then part of, part of my language. I don't know if I
0: can. <laughs> yeah, I don't care, man. It's... All right,
1: cool. So I would just bring – I would do it in the firehouse, and, you know, they – listen, like, we were talking, like, fancy French sauces and that kind of thing. These guys had never eaten any of this stuff, but they didn't care. Like, they, they were all game, and, you know, I'm so – appreciative of that uh for sure so i don't remember anything in particular um but i do remember them their expectations grew exponentially (laughs) like you know if i put anything basic on the table it was like oh what the hell is this you're going to culinary school and you're gonna put some fucking grilled chicken on the table like you know so the expectations it kind of bit me in the ass really if you think about it um you know, cause then I was like, you know, set on this pedestal. Um, but it was, it was fun. I can, like, just, the picture,
0: the I can just picture even, the, even the most senior guys, like just throwing out whatever like culinary word that you may have spewed, you know, they're, they're, you know there's no marinade on the chicken. Are, yeah. you, are you insane? You expect me
1: to uh, eat this? I mean, yeah. I lie. I lie a lot when I cook in the fire. <laughs> like, you know, I, I leave out a lot of ingredients <laughs> that I know they probably don't want to eat. Um, you know, hopefully none of them listen to this, but you know, the one the one time I used fish sauce, which I don't know if you're familiar with, it's like fermented fish, basically. Okay. They <laughs> make into a sauce. It's like popular in like um, like Vietnamese cooking and Southeast Asian cooking. Okay. It stinks. It's fermenting fish, but it it has that umami quality. That uh, if you use it sparingly enough, like it, you you can't tell that you're eating it, but it. You're like, damn, this tastes good. I wonder why. That's like MSG, basically, that's, right?
0: That's the wonder why. It's just fermented fish. Yeah. Okay. Right on, man.
1: Unfortunately, you know, the one time I tried using <laughs> it, guy happens to be walking into the kitchen, and I'm cracking the bottle open, and it smells like, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Low tide. And he's oh like, man, what the
1: fuck is that smell? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's your dinner. He's like, what? <laughs> so yeah, that was a disaster. But uh, you know, it's fun so
0: yeah so you so you wrap that up and then um do you i uh, you you pick up a um a job in the kitchen um uh following following yeah.
1: that yeah well so like i said earlier you know we had to do an externship um and basically you kind of the school helps you out uh as far as getting placed and i, I don't even remember the exact time that it took but uh I you know there's a chef April Bloomfield um she was one of my favorite chefs for a long time and I even told my wife the day I went to the school to look at it you know she was like oh who do you want to work for? like April Bloomfield like I, don't, I just like the way she approaches food um and I end up landing a, a line cook job at this new restaurant that she happens to be opening up, which also happens to be a butcher shop. And I'm like, this is badass! Like it's, you got a butcher shop restaurant. And during the day it's casual turns over to, you know, not fine dining, but more, you know, a refined menu and and atmosphere. And, um, so I, I was there for about a year and a half or two years, maybe. Um, and uh, that was that was fantastic. You know, it's Manhattan. It's a totally different animal than, you know, uh, most places for sure.
0: Um. So fa- so kind of fast forwarding. So were you working there up until, or maybe even during, like when, when we start getting into COVID?
1: No. So um, so I leave there. Um, because my wife got pregnant and I said, there's no way I could handle, you know, commuting into Manhattan, um, working the firehouse schedule and dealing with, you know, a baby. Like, a, it's just not, you know, it's not practical. Right? Sure, sure. And there's opportunities near, near my, my, you know, my town that were presenting themselves. So I, I end up working at a, a wood fired Italian restaurant slash pizza joint, uh, 10 minutes away from the house. And I am there literally like, I think I was there. I left the beginning of March. I, I, I left like, I want to say like a month, the, the longest, right before COVID hit. Um, and I had left there for um, the intention of getting uh a job at another restaurant that was kind of more in line into what i want to do when i retire i'd love to open up my own spot so i'm like you know i told told my boss and he was totally cool with it like listen you know i'm i'm gonna pursue something else and he was like go for it do it and then like you know a week later i think covid hit, or two weeks later so it was kind of it was nuts it was uh it was crazy so
0: with uh with, with your your background and in the culinary culinary world, I imagine you have a good amount of contacts and, and just you know word of mouth and just general conversation with people that that are in that world. And clearly, we have super big exposure, um, into the firehouse and the fire and the fire service. So, what uh what kind of prompted this this uh, this kind of change in direction for January, which was um beyond the normal of just supporting local, because um, it is such a big, a, not a big ask, but it is, it is such a, a change from um, maybe a, a firehouse's normal cook every day to let's start getting carry out. Let's start, like, supporting these businesses. You know, we're, you know, I, I think, at least kind of what I said earlier, you know, New York and Michigan, you know, for, you know, you know probably the, the kind of, the, not, not the greatest reasons we're constantly in the in the news for um right. our, our our both of our states' restrictions and California's right there with us um we have businesses here that are that are hemorrhaging that are closing that are never going to reopen we have a guy that's a, a part-timer on our job and they have a him and his brothers have a restaurant on the east side and and thank god we just had you know February 1 we're gonna have a kind of a, a lifting of restrictions right now hopefully it lasts right. longer and you know, um. So, what, uh, what, what, what kind of brought that to your forefront to say, you know, what? Let's, you know, let's pause cooking for right now, and let's let's start to get these businesses, some some business.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's like counterintuitive to why I started Fork and Hose Company, which was to inspire people to cook, right? And you know, the fire service, I think, was is is you know. Still, kind of lean like you were talking about earlier, kind of leaning towards that like takeout culture where it's like whether it's coming from administration or it's laziness, which I think is a big part of it, or it's convenience. Um, you know, my intention is like, all right, well, you know, F that like cook, get your ass in the kitchen, even if it's something basic, cook, 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 cook. But when you see, you know friends and when you see establishments that you um you love or that you know of that are close by struggling to the extremes that like you said you know like new york um along with michigan cali like when you look at a place that's been there for 30 plus years shutting down permanently that's so it's scary number one and it's so sad you know like you're talking about people that have put blood, sweat, and tears for you know twenty plus years, shutting their doors, um, and it, it's it's not just the owners, you know. You have to think of how many people uh, that are affected by it, not just cooks. Not you know, you're talking everything from cooks, bartenders, servers, bussers, managers. Um, bigger establishments there's all you know marketer you know people that work in the marketing aspect. like there's so many people affected by this and Guy Fieri put out um, he did a documentary and he featured a guy I know who's a chef around here he was on Nick's Food Network star Christian Petroni and this documentary basically highlighted Christian and then a, um, a few other well-known chefs and their struggles with their restaurants and guy raised, I think like $27 million over the course of a few months to support. And I'm like, this dude is crazy. Like, I love him. Like, what can I do on like the most minuscule, you know, I don't, I'm not Guy Fieri. I'm not, you know, on food network. I'm not like uh, a celebrity chef, but I have a pretty popular Instagram page with people that eat every single day on shift you know every day in a firehouse guys are eating so what could i do and i just thought i said it makes sense encourage them to take out they already want to do it anyway so instead (laughs) of me telling them to cook i'm just gonna tell them yeah keep doing what you're doing basically (laughs) so um that's kind of how it came about and you know it's simple it's if you order out from the pizzeria down the street Once, hey, that's one meal that that, you know, that's getting put in their pocket, you know, and um, they're they're literally in like these um, situations, these restaurants, you know, delis, these pizzerias, these small family local establishments that don't have a ton of money behind them. They're in um, do or die, you know, mode, you know, it's like, you know, any day now, any week, any, you know, any month it could be their last. And, um, it is, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's like the, the, the number one industry that employs the most people I think in the country, there's something crazy like that. So, you know, who doesn't love to eat? You know, it's, it's, it it made, it made sense. So that's, that's kind of why I did the, um, the takeout takeover thing. And it, it,
0: it really, um, it really made sense to me. And I think it's just, you know, I, I talk to people that go to Florida for vacation and whatnot, and everything's kind of a little looser, uh, looser down there. And but it is, it's, 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 um, it's crazy to talk to, to to business owners here, restaurant owners, that um are 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 struggling and and trying to get through whatever sort of fluid sort of changes they're experiencing from from you know regulations, um and i you know god love and 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 fucking support anyone that's got the set of balls to open a business now like uh, there yeah. i mean uh, that is one kudos to you like whatever whatever took your like final decision like whatever like went through your brain we got to find it we got to study it we got to keep it safe cuz like th- that is probably the the if there is any excuse to not do something, it's it's now. It, it's, it's it's now, right? Like if, if you were like, all right, I got the money, all right, I got the money's good, all right, so so the money's not the problem, all right, I got people that can work for me, I got I got a good menu, I, I'm a good cook, you know, I, I've been to school, I know what I'm doing, and then uh, you know what, fuck it, all right, you know what, next year, I'm fucking doing it, I'm gonna do it right now, all right, pull the trigger, boom, well, you know one, what? once in a century pandemic hits. And they still, they still go ahead and do it, and and that is just, and we're gonna let that people
1: that work in like, you know, in the food industry, particularly like restaurant, like, you know, you're a, it's it's kind of like firefighters. Like, there's so many parallels between the fire service and restaurants. It's kind of crazy when you kind of break it down. But one of the things is personality traits. Most people that open or operate or run restaurants are semi type a or or type a you know they want control they want to take control of the situation you know if they see an opportunity they seize it um so it's it makes sense to me you know that in a time where most people um when i say most people i mean people not in say the restaurant industry would say oh you're crazy you're nuts there's people out there going you know what Fuck that. I'm going to get rent for cheap because, you know, landowners, you know, uh, landlords are, are begging basically for for tenants right now. Um, I'm going to get rent for cheap and, it, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And, you know. And the the whole, you know, you've probably heard it used before, the word pivot. Um, it applies to basically any industry at this point, but uh, in the restaurant industry. They're pivoting. So, you know, the sit down, fine dining, five star Michelin, you know, three Michelin star restaurants are struggling, like if they're even surviving at all. And what you're seeing is this trend towards takeout delivery only that, you know, they're 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 calling them ghost kitchens now where it's basically it's not even like a storefront. You know, they're like, you know what? Cut my labor costs. But I'm still able to, you know, achieve my dream of opening up my my burger joint. You know, and they're they're figuring it out, like calling it, you know, day by day basically, calling the shots. Every week it seemed like there was a new restriction. And they're like, you know what? You know, shove it. Like, I'm gonna figure it out. Around here, it's you know, and you know, you're in Michigan, it's 20 something degrees out. You could go outdoors, they have these like igloos set up, there's heat, there's you know, there's so many. They're just trying to get by, get through, and um, you know, uh, it just shows the resilience of, of that industry, and and it, it's it's a direct correlation with with firefighters, in my opinion.
0: And I I, I would say I, I think um, and I, and this came with 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 maturity. When I was in my early twenties, probably going to the bar, I probably didn't give a shit about the person working. I was nice to him, but the 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 server, the person at the restaurant, I. With maturity, I, I realize like I don't know what's in that person's life, and I have like I'm gonna I'm gonna take you left and bring you right, I guess, um, right? But I I don't know what's going on in their life, so if they're a kind of an asshole to me, but you know I, I will I will find some sort of semblance because I don't know what's going on in their life, but I also know that when I go to my job, I'm not making like a dollar fifty an hour relying on tips, right? And so, I say that to say, like, I think I have found probably way more of a patience level. Anyone, especially now, but I'm so glad I kind of had this before COVID, this patience level for people in in the restaurant food service industry. And, and, I, and I say that to say, like, Anthony Bourdain is someone that I enjoyed watching more than anyone. And, and oh, yeah. what he did... What he did in, for 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 um, the 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 Kitchen Confidential and the, the naughty bits and the, what he did for the food industry in general was phenomenal. But he had have you ever heard his quote about people on Yelp? It is uh, I, I don't recall it. No. So so he has like the best quote, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said like there's really no one less of a human. Than being on Yelp. <laughs> I
1: already see where this is going. Right. He said <laughs> yeah. they're
0: and again, they're hated by people. There there's no chef that likes someone that says they're an no. they're an elite Yelper. And and it's and it's true. He's like you you spend years getting the money together to struggle to put together, you know, you throw your heart into it, and then in ten minutes you have some guy posting something miserable on Yelp saying that they had the worst dinner ever. And not in not that I go on Yelp much, because I think it's kind of a a, a, a a kind of a deadish program now, kind of antiquated. But like the Facebook chat rooms that consume like so many people is in part some of the best things for a community for for knowledge, but also some of the worst. Because yep. there was a guy local pizza place again had some good reviews, momentum started generating, and this piece of shit Karen. Posts on there that she she waited sixty minutes. She told her order was to be ready in thirty. She got her pizza and it was it was blah. Nothing too special. Don't know what. Don't believe all the hype. You know what? Fuck you, Karen. Like you have no idea what what anything's going into. So I say that to get on this kind of like rant soapbox to to be like if you have an issue and I'll give you some I'll give you a personal story. My wife and I go to this restaurant pre-COVID. Their neighbors down the street they open a business. We have a meal. I bite into a burger and I have a some piece of metal in my food. Oof. Right now, didn't didn't harm me, but I also know this is probably not what they intended. They're not just they're not just shoving metal filings in part of their recipe. Obviously, this, right. was, this was an accident. Um, I waited. I didn't have to do this, but I paid my bill. I paid my bill. They, they ran my credit card. I I signed it. I paid it. I tipped, and then I told them what happened, because I wanted. And I'm not trying to. Yeah, grandsta- you. Know I'm not trying the to grandstand.
1: Potential of them saying, yeah, yeah. That I'm, they're and, gonna.
0: And I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to say I'm a great person. I'm kind of a piece of shit sometimes too. Right. We <laughs> all are. Don't right. Worry but, but like I know like. From, from just listening to this Anthony Bourdain quote and understanding just a little bit more, having a tiny bit of knowledge on what somebody else is going to go through, who the fuck am I to like ruin this whole person's thing on social media? So right. I bring them over. Hey, man, I found this. I don't know where it came from. We already paid. And you know they help us out. They give us a free beer or something, but which was awesome. They come to find out. Because of it, they found that they had something that dinged up their mixer, and whatever happened, happened. And so... I say that to anyone that's going to listen to this. Hopefully it's more than four people. We kind of got more of a traction now. Um, have some fucking patience when you're dealing with people, especially in the in the restaurant industry. Just cuz your food's cold or like no one's out there in the kitchen like trying to fuck up your shit. Right?
1: Yeah, and I I think, you know, a lot of it comes down to like you said, like this Yelp mentality. It's like instead of, you know, um proclaiming this bad experience to the world basically just talk to the people that directly were involved with this experience you know whether it's the server the manager the chef the cook whoever it talk to them first because the impact that that Yelp review or any of these other platforms these community groups whatever it may be the impact that you um, end up having on these restaurants, you might not realize how big it is, you know, it especially if it's a newcomer, you know, if it's somebody that's been around for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, you know, you could get away with it, I think a little more, but when it comes to somebody like, who's like, you know what, screw COVID, I'm opening up, boom, they're already behind the gun as it is. And then now it's like, you know, whatever my, uh, you know, my chicken was cold. And now, there are even more behind the gun so having the patience I think like you said is, is a great point and something you know we should preach for sure a lot more
0: you kind of use the word pivoting here a second ago so pivoting back into the firehouse um, and what what would you say would be like w- what sets a firehouse kitchen up for success whether that's ingredients utensils things what? What what would make it uh, in your mind if 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 AJ was given the five bugles and just the the oh. the, the, the mayor's credit card right? The, the, <laughs> yeah, okay. The mayor's credit card. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this one. And, and, fi- and five and five bugles right? And and they say, all right, man, you you have ten not ten minutes, but you 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 have to outfit these kitchens you know what's 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 a staple what, what what or what are the staples in the in the firehouse kitchen that you think to set it up set it up for success in that regard
1: um all the things that i've been asking for that we don't have no I'm yes sure. yes uh, <laughs> listen if you can just <laughs> no. throw
0: the aj whatever you get <laughs> just throw a smoothbore nozzle in there and send it my way i'm five i'm five, so, years, in, I'm all, five years in i'm I still trying five years i'm still trying
1: I think the first thing is, is probably not what you want to hear, but it's intangible. It's a mentality. So I think the most important thing you can have in a firehouse kitchen is the, um, the ability to get past the fear of fucking up, of making a mistake, of messing up a meal. Because I get uh, DMs constantly of, you know, I'm new to this. I just got hired. I'm a probie. I want to make meals. I want to impress the crews, that kind of thing. But I'm afraid I'm, I don't want to screw things up. And I think it holds a lot of guys back from, get, you know, getting in there and just, you know, making something. Um, I, I'm seeing that in my own firehouse, you know. And I think the mentality of just cook, man. Like, I think I think the the crew's going to appreciate a home-cooked meal regardless. If it sucks, you're going to get stuff for it. Like, you're going to get your balls broken. Without, it's going to happen. Like even if it's good, it probably will happen.
0: Yeah, um, it's so much um, better to I have think- it that way. It's so much better right. to walk right. in to walk in and say, you know, guys, I kind of suck, but I'm going to try it. If you right. if, and if it does suck, I'm like, yeah, you weren't kidding. But right.
1: if don't you- boast like don't be like oh, I'm <laughs> the best. I make the best chicken parm. And like, you put some you know raw chicken on the table. Like that's not going to fly. But put something out there. I think the mentality is is um, I think the most important thing. But when it comes to like the you know, we'll call it the physical component of like ingredient equipment, that kind of thing. I, I, I want to say when you have like 150 bottles of like spices on the counter, at least half of them are past their prime. <laughs> so I think we need to like narrow that shit down to like the basics of you know salt pepper. I'm a huge component uh, component proponent of fresh cracked black pepper like you know the pre-ground stuff is fine it's not the end of the world but when it comes to like just grinding it right on the spot like the flavor is totally different it doesn't taste stale
0: I don't know about you Um, coarse ground as opposed to fine ground game changer
1: right and especially like if you're talking like steaks which is like a firehouse staple you know like you don't want to be sprinkling some like fairy dust on like (laughs) I want to bite into a piece of black pepper. So I think that, you know, a good salt. I think every firehouse should take the iodized table salt and dump it in the garbage. Why is that? Why is that? It it offers a flavor that's, it's like borderline chemical tasting to me, I think. Um, And the granules are so fine it's, it's next to impossible to really judge how much you're putting in. So if you over-salt something, the taste of being salty is, like, amplified, right? So a simple kosher salt, and it, and I'm not talking, like, coarse, because there, there's coarse out there. I don't particularly like it because it doesn't break down easily. So, like, if you cook with it, like, you might bite into, like, these, like, like uh, fucking, yeah, like, yeah. you're chewing on, like, rock salt for the sidewalk. Um just like a, a kosher salt, and if you can afford it, like if your firehouse budget, you know, is there, get some like you know some sea salt maybe. But kosher salt is is what I use. I don't I don't think iodized salt should be anywhere on the table. Um, and then when you get into like the spice component of things, I think like you know your garlic powders, uh, you know your dried oreganos. I like. Uh, paprika, cumin, you know those kind of things, but don't unless you're a big house. If you're if you're running like you know engine truck rescue squad and like you know battalion chief, and you're cooking for a lot of dudes, like yeah, you could go get the big container. But if you're not, you don't need you know, the big container of cumin, if you're using it once a month, like, it's just, it's just going to go bad.
0: The podcast, you know, I didn't even, listen, I've heard cumin, but then like I, re- I listened to a podcast that you were on and you're like, do you want to know why you like Mexican food? It's because of cumin. So just so you know, like that's, that's the secret sauce with that one.
1: That's the, that's the thing where you're like, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I like it, but I do. It's usually like those like weird spices that, you know, aren't as popular um, like paprika, that kind of thing um and then as far as like equipment goes um i think sheet pans so if you go to like a restaurant supply store um or if you order them online you know you look up sheet pan it's basically like a baking pan but it's got you know um a lip side around all of the edges i think are invaluable like you could you could make an entire meal and put it on a sheet pan throw it in the oven and you're golden so um, I think sheet pans are must-have. I think um, cast iron pans, which I think every firehouse probably has. Um, I think those are great um, when you're talking like steaks and, and chops and, um, you know, that kind of thing. Nonstick for, you know, for any egg dish, which right now we actually don't have one in the firehouse. So that's a disaster. Um, and a good fucking knife. Like, I think the problem is we don't treat the things in the firehouse like we would our own thing a lot of times. You know, I think when you get, you know, your your real, like, true firehouse chef who, you know, takes pride and takes care of his things, um, I think they are going to take, you know, good care of their stuff. But for the most part, guys are like, you know... Throwing the knives around, dinging them up, and like, you know, I even, you know, I have a knife that I brought into the firehouse, and I, I got the cheap plastic guard for it, and I and I try to like make sure the guys know, like, when you're done with it, put it in the drawer, but put the guard on it, and that little things like that, um, you know, make a big difference. Um, so a good knife, a good you know, a good chef knife. Uh, what's a
0: price point? Like, what what's a price point that would be like? Like, like you're a cheap bastard, but but also like, well, you know, we get it. You're you're peacocking. Like what? Like what's a good like what's a good price point for a knife that 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 uh, someone like someone should spend for a good chef knife?
1: You could get a uh, a good. When I say good, I mean you know, it's 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 durable. Like it's gonna stand up to the beating of a firehouse. You know, for fifty bucks, you know, you're not you're not gonna break the bank. Sure. Um you know, it's it's all it's it's not so much about the the actual knife itself. It's more or less how you take care of it. You know, don't put it through the dishwasher. When you dry when you use it and you wash it, dry it right away, store it dry. Don't let it sit with in, in a puddle of water. You know, things like little things like that. And keeping oh. them sharp. Like you can't buy a knife, use it for fifteen years and then expect it to cut the same way. You know, you you either sharpen it yourself which i like to do it's more like it's like a meditative kind of thing you know it's like my my time to like kind of get into it but um if you can't do it or you don't want to you know find a local knife sharpener we have a guy around here um i don't use him because like i said i like to do my own but he's a veteran and he's got a little van shows up to the farmer's markets and i know a guy uh, that cooks in a local around me he he offered. He came to the firehouse, sharpen all their knives. Like he was like, I got you. You know, don't worry about it. And you know, find somebody to keep. You know, keep your knives in in, in good shape, because you you can literally, if you walk into the shittiest kitchen you know you've ever been in, but you have a good knife, you can, you could pretty much get by. You know, like it's kind of a, it's kind of like a must have. And then the the pans, I think. When it comes to a firehouse, because we we treat them like crap, um, I, I'm a big fan of like getting the you know the stuff you would buy basically for a restaurant, you know, like commercial stuff, um, just because they can take a beating and they're usually pretty cheap. Considering it's not like a high end, like an all clad or uh, you know something like that, because all it takes is one moron to you know use the metal uh, spatula on the nonstick, and then you might as well throw it in the garbage at that point. What's
0: what would be? Um, I don't want to say underrated, but what's a what's a secret ingredient that would just? Or is there one? What's a, like? Is there something, or what is the something that someone could buy? Like if they're making steak, they're making fish, they're making a chicken parm. Is there one thing they could buy that would just enhance whatever they're making?
1: Um, I don't, I don't think so, honestly. And it's probably not the answer you're looking for. No, but no. Cause, Cause I've heard I think like,
0: it I, kinda de- I've heard stuff like, you know, you know, if you could like add a little lemon, it would enhance flavors and stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, but, but that, so like, I'm not looking for anything particular. It's just something that I've kind of heard just in right. normal, normal conversation.
1: So if you, if you break down good food, and when I say good food, I don't mean like you know, the fancy restaurants or the, the, you know, the dive bar, you know, pub food. I mean, like food that you enjoy eating, you know, whether it's you're your cooking yourself or you're going out to a restaurant, um, they usually involve either good ingredients or, you know, uh, proportionately good um, components of salt, fat, and acid. And I, And I've said this on a bunch of other podcasts, you know, the salt, fat, acid part. Because without salt, your food's gonna suck. So, anybody that you know is like, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't use salt, or I don't like to." Your food's gonna suck. Like it's just there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Can you over salt something and make it inedible? One hundred percent. But if you don't use any salt, it's it's not gonna taste good. I I challenge anybody that listens to this the next time they cook to not use any salt and eat it. <laughs> you're not gonna want to finish it. Like it's just, it's just the way it is. Like our the way our you know taste buds work. Our brains are all connected. Um, then the fat part of it comes into play, and it doesn't mean everything's got to be soaked in you know lard or bacon fat. It just means you need the that fatty component, uh, whether it's olive oil, uh, coconut oil, if you're eating healthier, or it could be it could be bacon fat. It could be um, you know something like that. You need it somewhere in the dish. It's got to be in there, um, you know, unless you're talking like a ceviche where you don't want like an oil slick on your mouth while you're eating, you know, some some ceviche. But for the most part, most dishes need a fat component. And then the acid, you know, going on like we were saying with the lemon, that's kind of like what separates a lot of home cooking from, say, restaurants, right? They'll finish that roasted broccoli, with this little, you know, little splash of, uh, lemon, um, or, you know, they're long, like slow cooked greens, you know, collard greens or kale or something like that. little splash of red wine vinegar or cider vinegar, like those little things make you want to eat more. And like, it tells your brain like, Oh man, this is damn good. Like keep eating, keep eating. And those are the things that can kind of separate you, um, from, you know, the average cook to, to a really good cook. And, You know, the ingredient thing I think is important too. Um, And I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. People tend to spend money in areas they don't need to. It's like, you know, don't buy, um, you know, truffles when you're buying shit olive oil. (laughs) It's like, put the money towards a good olive oil or, you know, a good sea salt or, you know, something like a good, a nice, a fresh herb, even. Like, I'm a huge fan of fresh herbs. I don't like dried parsley or dried basil. The only dried herb I really like is oregano, and you know, you spend a few bucks on some fresh herbs, it's going to make a huge difference. Um, you'd be surprised how much of a difference it will actually make. So, I think spending the money wisely on your ingredients is is, is just as important.
0: So, when you, I, I've done a little bit of like, but kind of like I, said, like I said, background work, just kind of like looking around. Yeah. Now you've kind of got into. um some connection with the guys from, uh, 555 fitness.
1: 555 fitness. Yep. Yeah, F- yeah. 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 Yep.
0: Sorry. Sorry. 555 fitness. Um, sorry. what did you find, um, with, uh, when you, when you got kind of connected with them and your knowledge of culinary, what did you find, I guess, in the fire service that was misunderstood with, um, with nutrition in general? Uh, what did, um, what either what people thought, what people think, or, or what, uh, what did you find just in general conversations with the guys, Pip and guys over
1: there, um, and where you kind of came from? I, I think that the, like the biggest thing is the misconception, you know, we talked about misconceptions before. I think it's the misconception that healthy food can't taste good, you know, and healthy food can't be served in the firehouse. Right, I I challenge anybody to you know go on shift for a week and you know put salad on the table every day, and you know grilled chicken and sweet potatoes and kale. Like, if you do that, you're gonna fail, 100%. um, You're not gonna you're not gonna change the the you know the way your crew eats. You're probably not gonna like it either. Like plain and simple like i don't like eating like that i'm not the healthiest person in the world but i also don't eat like shit all the time so i'm kind of like the middle of the road you know like sure uh, yeah you know i just want to live you know like that's that's what i'm trying to do here so i think the misconception that you know you you can't cook healthy in the firehouse is is probably you know the the biggest question you know that i get um especially when dealing with you know pip and 555 i'm blessed to, to know those guys and like travel with them. We've gone to FDIC, you know, we've done a lot of things together and I, and through those connections I've learned from, from other firefighters who are having those challenges of like, look, I, I just want to cook a little healthier. And I'm like baby steps, right? Like I, I the, the thing I preach and I don't like the word you use the word preach, but the thing I tell them the most is take baby steps. So you start with an ingredient, you know, in a meal, So I'm not even saying change the meal. I'm saying change the ingredients. So if you're usually, it's uh, steak and broccoli and French fries, okay, well, change the French fries out. Baked potato, baked sweet potato, that kind of thing. And then from there, you know, you make that food taste good, and then they're going to be more prone to accept you uh, cooking something else that's healthier. And then it's like, all right, well, now we're going to make the whole meal healthier. So instead of, like, the fatty ribeye, Maybe we'll get, um, you know, uh, some Tendo wine or some London bro, which is leaner. and um, you, 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 you kind of take it from like a gradual point of view. Look, we're firefighters, right? Like we're stubborn. We like to do things our own way. We like to do things that have been done the same way for 100 years. So changing abruptly is the biggest mistake you can make when it comes to cooking in the firehouse, especially when it comes to healthier cooking. So I think changing little things in the beginning is going to pay dividends later when you're like, you know what guys, lunch is a healthy lunch today. I want to make a fucking salad. Well, <laughs> if you took those gradual steps to get there, you're probably going to be all right. But if you don't good luck. Um, so I think that's the base misconception I get a lot for sure, man. And you should get Pip on the show. Cause Pip's a good dude, man. Like, the guys invested countless, countless hours and time into, you know, getting the fire service into a healthier lifestyle. Cause that's what, at the end of the day, that's ultimately what it is. It's not so much, uh, you know, it's not a diet. There's no like, you know, 555 five, five diet. It's it's just a lifestyle, you know? And, and yeah, let's, that, that lifestyle whole crew, mindset that whole crew has been. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I've talked with him a little bit about doing some. Um, some helmet tet designs for 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 his guys out there, and he's the one that got me right. really kind of connected with uh, with brute force sandbags and yep, yep, really kind of uh, kind of elevated just a different level of uh, of training for myself outside of um outside of the gym and using their products and stuff like that's been 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 huge. So yeah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll definitely um reach out to Pip every time I I can tell you every time I've talked to him, either on, on Instagram or or, or or text back and forth, he he was uh. Um, very responsive and very, uh, very apt to help. Yeah, De- definitely. Yeah, I know. He's, super he's, solid guy, he's like
1: head goes like 150. He's like an <laughs> octopus. He's got like 700 things going on. But, uh, yeah, no, it's and it was pretty like crazy. Like, you know, we how we connected and how that, you know, the correlation of healthier eating and, you know, fitness and, and the fire service, how it kind of comes full circle. And, you know, you're obviously aware of that. So it's kind of like, you, you know, we, we take the approach of, you know, if you could change one one person's, you know, one firefighter's point of view and, and how they approach their, their life, you know, hey, that's a win, you know. I think, too, I think
0: I think consistency also is, um, in addition to those small changes, I think one of the most important things a great point, yeah. in, in the fire service. I think for you to, like, for anyone to be, Excited or or or, or gung ho, um, that's one thing. But if you're gonna, the the I think the key to the fire service here is persistence, right? Patience. It's kind of with patience and persistence um, with that. Because you're exactly right. If you walk in and, and you're like, "Guess what? Today's kale chips, and we're gonna have water." <laughs> the, the, yeah, get 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 the hell out of here. Um, but but consistency. We have a guy in our department who. Um, very, very, very disciplined, very health conscious, and he's been on for years, and 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 the guy hasn't been broken. And with with, him, and no one really wants God to, you know, no, no, <laughs> nobody wants to, right? But like, right. you know, like all the time, you know, he's, I, I wouldn't say vegetarian, um, but uh, a large, a, a large part of it, and you know, every like he's a he's at headquarters with uh, with admin and the chiefs and they ask him every day, what's today? Is it, is today spruce or is it pine or is it walnut? Like, like, you know, twigs and berries. But the guys will like, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the fittest damn people that we have wasn't, you know, he, he couldn't you know, he still got COVID, but uh, that's, that's just like the asterisk, (laughs) right?
1: But like, that that doesn't discriminate. Right. But,
0: (laughs) uh, but his persistence, I think on that wasn't just this, this guy peacocking that he was doing better, you know, and it kind of, It reverberated, uh, uh, kind of, on on a lot of people that that saw his habits and saw those changes, um, and they were making those small changes too. And they were, as much as I get frustrated, maybe with a lot of guys in my department that I see that are that are lazy, that are probably larger than they need to be. um, I I am very fortunate when I see those small changes start to kind of come, come that way when it's not maybe maybe it's not getting a pizza maybe they're they're bringing their food from home but it's a chicken breast and some other seasonings and some other food but they're not getting a pizza they're not going to the speedway gas station to grab something um and so that to me is i think a huge point um with that too is have have those small changes to infect to infect the change but also kind of be persistent um on uh on those so you're not just kind of you know well, I listen to a podcast, and now I'm gonna start doing this for the rest of my life. Like, all right, Junior. Well, you'll be, you know, in 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 two shifts, you'll be eating pizza with the rest of us, right? You know, right. so if you are serious about it, yeah, have the persistence and kind of just lower your head and kind of go for it. Um, and
1: sometimes I feel like, honestly, the the less you say, um, the more the more change you can um, effect, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of being like, dude, you should, you should not be eating those bag of chips instead get the side salad. It's like, if you order that salad, that guy looks across and he's like, damn, I made the wrong decision this time. Next time I'm probably going to go with the salad. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like a lot of times you, cause we don't like to be either called out or we don't want to um, show our weakness we tend to respond better to like the less verbal cues. And it's more like, Hmm. All right. AJ today, you know, he's ordering the side of the grilled veggies instead of you know, the mashed potatoes. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get that next time. And and it's like, it doesn't have to be like out there. Like the dude doesn't have to tell me, but I could tell, you know, they're thinking about it or they, you know, they change their mind next time around. And those little things, like you said, it's little victories, it's small victories. We're not going to change the world, but you know, any little bit helps that's that's the end of the game here
0: it is and that's that's the funny thing about our profession is we're so filled with type a people and we're so yeah. filled with we're so filled with extroverts that it's the introverted behaviors that i think p- people pick up on the most because that's exactly that's, that's right
1: that's a great great point
0: um because you come in and i and i we've all gone to a restaurant with guys on our shift and you kind of know what's how it's going to go you know kind of what maybe what this guy's going to get what this guy's going to order i know he's going to get an arnold palmer he's going to get this um and it does it takes one person changing it up and not saying shit to anybody like uh, you know what i'll do the uh, grilled chicken salad and then it the might,
1: what? yes what? <laughs> right but then that,
0: then the, maybe one other guy that might be you know a little bigger or want to make some other change You there?
1: Yeah, so apparently the left earbud has the same button as the right one because I took <laughs> the right one out and I. about yeah, yeah, um, a thousand.
0: No, 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 don't, no, 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 no. no, no, no you're, yo, you're giving me your time. That's you know we can edit this shit out. Um, but no, it's just that's more victory. And I was just gonna say, if you order it, the best thing best that you, thing that, the best thing that you can do is not say shit to that guy when he orders his thing. Right. Not say shit. Let him order it. And then go um, you know, and then carry on. And then the next day, you know, have a com like you didn't have to talk about it. Just oh yeah, I think I'm gonna have this today. And if you want to start to infect um that sort of change. And I say that, but listen, I'm still that kind of a still that, that middle of the road piece of shit. Like I signed up for a marathon this year, but I also will eat a pit a plate of pizza rolls, you know, right you know, at some point. So I'm uh, bloating. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> right, right. So I, I am no by no means on like a pulpit that's like puts puts me equal to like a pip or or, or guys from like, uh, um, firehouse fitness or anything like that. Don't so. let
1: them fool you, bro. Listen, I've been I've been to FDIC with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> I've seen them in their best and their worst.
0: It's so funny that we talk about you know COVID and and everything like that because. Um, I, I put in for, for FDIC for years. Right. And and I, I got approved. I got approved to go in 2020. Really? Yeah. In 2020, that's the year I got approved. Right. Uh, and then FDIC and then COVID happens. And so anyway, okay. they, the department was good enough to give me a, 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 a continuation to, 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 this year. So right, that's good. I'll be, I'll at least be going this fingers year. Crossed. So yeah, fingers crossed. It still happens. It's kind of kicked back. I think later in the year on a weekend, but whatever. Um, all right, AJ. So I know you you've given me tons of time. I appreciate that it's late at night. Um, you know, I know my, I'm sure your daughter's in bed. My daughter's in bed. Um,
1: <laughs> time times a, it's a continuum or whatever they call it. Right. Because so no, uh,
0: um yeah. what uh, what do you soak up? What's what's on your, you know, your register or what? What's the what's the last thing you read? What's the last book you read or what's What's something that you would recommend people reading? It could be fire. It could be firehouse related. It could be something about cars. You know, what's, what's something that you read recently that uh, you recommend to somebody else?
1: Um, Listen, man, I, <laughs> if anybody that that's real close to me is listening to this, they're going to be like, that's bullshit. So I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't read a lot. Um, what would you, what'd
0: you I, absorb? What content? Was it A like a podcast? Was it, like something that you absorbed recently that was either related to the job or something that you took away from, like, you know what? That made a lot of sense. It could be anything.
1: Um. Well, so I'll, I'll give, I'll give like two things, you know, like, cause we're, cause this is like a culinary, you know, uh, geared podcast. I, I, like you mentioned kitchen confidential. I, I recommend anybody that has any interest whatsoever in the restaurant business or likes eating at a restaurant to read that book um, only because I think it's an eye opener to, to many who maybe don't have full insight into it. Granted, like the, the mentality and like the restaurant um, culture that existed back then when that book was written, isn't like it is now. It's a little colorful. Um, It's a little colorful. It is. And, you know, a lot of that's changing, you know, every year, but, for the most part, it kind of gives you a good look into why these people that, you know, are cooking your food and, you know, serving you the food, you know, might be the way they are. Right. Um, so that's the first one. Um, and then like, you know, I'll keep it, you know, restaurant related. Uh, you know, I listened to a podcast just cause listen, I want to open up my own place one day. It's called opening soon. And, um, it's started by a couple who, you know, they, 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 they have a, a restaurant apparel company. So, like, they make, um, you know, chef coats, aprons, that kind of thing. Um, but before they did that, they tried opening up a restaurant, and it failed in the first year. So they said, who better to start a restaurant opening podcast besides us? You know, so what they do is they bring on people that are successful and then they share their failures. So it's kind of, you're getting like both ends, you know, it's like the things you should do and the things you shouldn't do. Um, and it's called opening soon. It's on, you know, Spotify, I think. And I don't know, I I, I just enjoy that. Um, and then firematically, um, 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 I am biased towards, um, national fire radio only because I work with them and I, I like when they have, um, different guests on and, um, you know, you, you kind of learn a lot about, uh, the culture and, and the traditions that the firehouse kitchen kind of is encompassed in that. Um, So shout out to national fire radio as well.
0: Now those guys are great. And I mean, I, I, I truly do enjoy, um, just, I mean, the the passion they bring to the job, just like it's just like it leaks from their pores every time they do a video. I mean, down to anything, to a fire truck or anything. Like, I have mad respect for you know, a, so much of the content that that they put out. The you know, I haven't talked to them, never met them, but just the vibe I get from from them, they just seem like they're a, a bunch of cool down to earth guys that just love the job.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Jeremy and Rob, the two guys behind it, they're good luck finding somebody that is more into the, you know, into the, the, the job and into the fire service than them because, you know, you call them up like tonight and you're like, yo, I got this badass, you know, tiller I want, <laughs> they're, they're going to drive, they're going to get in the car and they're going <laughs> to go be there. Like there's no, you know, there's no question. So, you know, from a firematic point of view, um, you know, they're, they're doing some cool things too.
0: So, agent, to close it out, what, So, what's, uh, what's on your radar for the restaurant that you want to open? Best case, best case scenario, the way you're th- thinking about it right now, what do you want to open?
1: Best case scenario, I retire, um, and I open up a luncheonette locally, uh, preferably in the town that I live in. And I serve familiar food to the people I know and love. Um, and I use good ingredients and good techniques. That's that's my 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 end goal right there. Do you have a name so for it yet? So that I can yet? be home at night with my family. <laughs> do You have a name you know, for it yet? Um, I, I I do. It's it's named after my daughter, Ava Jean's Luncheonette. I think it's kind of classic. That's her name. Um, that could definitely change and probably will. You know, any anything you know between now and then, name, decor, style, menu, whatever. But, um, you know, I feel like if you don't have at least an idea of what you want to do, you're, you're never going to get anywhere. So that's what it's at for right now.
0: Yeah. Well, they say a a, 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 dream without a plan is just a wish. Um, yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: So AJ, man, I appreciate the hell out of it. I appreciate you giving me uh giving me your time today and kind of talking about, you know, your, you know, your career, your background, your, your history and kind of, uh, just kind of nerding out on. Culinary culture and the fire service, and um, I, I really cannot thank you enough. I had a great time talking with you, um, and I wish you all the best over there in New York. And hopefully, uh, you know, the people that you know in the in the restaurant industry can k- kind of open up here um, quickly. And I wish you and your wife and Ava Jean the best.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I could talk about food and fire service all day, all night, um, and. One more thing, like, before I leave, going back to the, you know, takeout thing, just because January's over doesn't mean, you know, we're not we're not asking you to support your local restaurant, so go out there, support your local, family-owned, small businesses, small restaurants, and uh, the world will be a better place for sure.
0: And if you can afford it just because you're carrying out, leave a fucking tip. What's that? I said just, I said... <laughs> I go, and if you can afford it, just cause you're uh, doing carry out, oh, yeah, leave, yeah. leave, leave leave a, leave, tip. Leave a fucking oh, tip. Oh
1: God, please. Jesus Christ. <laughs> pretend you're eating there. Right. Pretend that's, exactly.
0: That's a, pretend, pretend you're pret- eating. <laughs> there. Amen, man. All right, AJ, man, I appreciate it, man. Have a, have a good night and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you sooner at some point, man. Maybe we'll see you at FDIC. You Stay safe, man. All right, bye. I want to thank AJ so much for spending the time with us to talk with about, uh, the firehouse, um, the culture that we have, uh, but also kind of bringing us a mission to to not forget those in the food service industry and, and industries that have really been impacted uh, due to COVID. Um, so please don't for, don't forget your firehouse culture, but also don't forget those men and women that are kind of desperately you know needing a paycheck that that service the the, the food industry uh, in this country. So go out get something local bring it home to the firehouse and, and and leave a good goddamn tip all right until next time